The reading is taken from 1 Corinthians 1, 18 to 1 Corinthians 2, verse 5. Christ crucified is God's power and wisdom. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world, through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness holiness and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not be to rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. This is the word of the Lord. And he amassed a, uh, a winnings of 15, equivalent to $15 billion in modern day money, this, which makes him, we think, the richest athlete of all time. This guy is the goal for your average Corinthian. This is who everyone wants to be. Everyone wants to be rich. Everyone wants to be powerful and famous. And this culture has got into the church. So what John was preaching on last week, the, the bit that precedes this bit in the passage, it talks about how the church has been split into people who follow, saying, I follow Paul, people saying, I follow Apollos, people saying, I follow Peter. And this, what they're doing by this is saying, well, Apollos is, you know, he's the best apostle, although Paul's the best apostle. And so they're trying to get power over each other. They're trying to say, well, I, I follow the proper apostle. I was baptized by the proper apostle, and therefore I, am in, I have got power over you. But by people having power, or some people having power, that means other people don't have it. And what, G, what Paul is trying to point the Corinthians back to is that Jesus is not like this. He says, I came preaching Christ crucified. He's saying Jesus is not a knight in shining armor. He's nailed to a piece of wood. Jesus was born in an animal's feeding trough. 
he was a refugee at an early age. He probably spent most of his life as a day laborer. He spent most of his, many, much of his life homeless. In his last meal, he washed feet, which is just gross. And in the end, his friends abandoned him. He never sought power, but he always looked to give it up. And he said that if you would follow him, that Jesus says, if anyone would follow me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. What Jesus says is the cross is kind of where I'm heading. And if you want to follow me, that's where you're going to. And Paul is reminding the Corinthians of this. And so many of us uh, in society, but also in the church, want money and power, not necessarily to become the next Jeff Bezos, although I'm sure some of us might want that, but security, security in our own wealth and security in our own power. But just like in Corinth, having power means that other people don't have it. And having power is corrupting. In my favorite set of books, um, The Lord of the Rings, the symbol of power that's kind of what what people believe will give them power is this ring. But when they possess the ring, they become corrupted by it and they become evil, even if they decide to do good with it. Gandalf, who's sort of the wise leader of the group, says, "If, if I took this ring, I would want to use it for good. But within me, it would foster a desire for great evil. And this is sadly how humans are. At the start of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, we, which is kind of the origin book of the Bible, we have this passage where humans have just decided that they don't want to be part with God anymore. They don't want to follow his rules. And so um, they decide that they're going to go their own way. And in Genesis 3, 16, we get this passage which says, God says, well, this is what's now going to happen. Women, you're going to desire power over men. And men, you're going to dominate women. There's going to be a power struggle. But it's not supposed to be like that. We're not supposed to be struggling for power over each other. Jesus said, if you want to be the best, you need to become the least. If you want to be first, you need to become the last. In a book I was reading recently, it put it like this. Be careful climbing the ladder of success because you might just pass Jesus on his way down. Now, I always wanted to be important. I always wanted people, I probably still do, want people to notice me. And, and sometimes I thought that was a good thing because I thought if I, had, if I had power and if I had wealth, I could really make a difference in this world. Like if I was a powerful politician, I could change so much. I could do so much good. Or if I had money, I'd be able to give so much of it away. I'd be able to do so much good for so many people. But the problem was that I was striving for power so I could help people rather than striving to help people. And the problem is that's not the way of Jesus. And ironically, it was when I encountered the cross that I realized I was important. Because at the cross, we get this point of history where where it is irrefutable evidence that we are important because Jesus looked at us and went, you're worth dying for. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, you're worth dying for. And Paul is reminding the Corinthians of this. Our importance doesn't come from being great. It comes from what Jesus has done for us. We therefore have 
this this place, this this prestige, this this place as daughters and sons of the King of Kings that can never ever be taken away. And therefore, we don't need to squabble about who is the best. We don't need to try and become the best. In fact, we have an amazing opportunity to give it away, to give the power and the money that we have away. So don't ask how others can serve you, because that's not the way of Jesus. Ask how you can serve other people. Don't search for power and prosperity. Look to give it away. So I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to hand and then we're going to switch over to Amy, who's going to go through the second part of this passage. But Lord Jesus, we just we thank you that you are not a king who uh, just cl clings on to his power. But you gave it all away. And you gave it all away for us, but you've called us to do the same. Lord, for each of us who hold on to power and to wealth in our hearts. Lord, help us give it away. Help us become more like you and follow you in the path that you've given for us. Amen. Oh man, wow, that was so good. <laughs> um, thanks, Doug. I'm very much gonna echo a lot of what you've just said very eloquently. Um, so I'm Amy, uh, if I haven't met you, lovely to meet you. I am a second year, I'm studying international relations at um, next to uni. And um, yeah, just super excited to share um, my first little preach, <laughs> seeing 108 participants, it's a little bit um, daunting, but we love it. Um, and it's quite a meaty passage, if I may say so. So I'm just, I'm not obviously going to be able to cover that much, but there are just a few points that I um, kind of felt led in as I was like preparing. Um, so yeah. And I don't know, I think it's well, better just kind of set a vague timer. Um, yeah, I think as I've been thinking about this, like, um, I found it quite funny because you kind of, you can imagine the Corinthians, like they've got a letter from Paul. They're like, Oh, what's it going to say? You know, probably like, Oh, um, you know, that he's going to praise us for all the great things we're doing. We're getting wealthy and rich. And then they open it and it's kind of like, Oh, <laughs> it, it's almost comical in the way that he's just shedding light on like, you know, put, put, as Doug so well said, like pointing them back to the cross. Um, and, you know, it's easy to kind of think, oh, you silly Corinthians, but actually reading this, I've been like, gosh, it's actually not so different to the church today. Um, so the first point I kind of want to make is verse 26, that first one, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Um, yeah, the... I think the, the importance of like the worldly things of wealth and nobility and human wisdom, uh, you know, insert popularity, career, literally anything is being prioritized over God and over salvation through Christ um, in this time. And so Paul's basically stripping it all back and saying like the things that matter to God, like don't matter to the world. Like it's a completely topsy turvy um gospel and so when the world's saying you know get as much money as you can be as um popular as you can you know this is the stuff that's going to give you meaning and identity and like this is going to be what you need to feel um accepted god's saying um actually no nothing in comparison to his fatherly life-giving 
unconditional love. And I was just thinking about Valentine's Day. And I was thinking this is the kind of day for like love in the world. Um, and you know, what qualifies you to celebrate it? And this is nothing against couples at all. Um, but is if you're, if you're in a couple or I guess with friends as well, that that qualifies you to kind of have this as like a day in your <laughs> calendar and get a present for someone or whatever. But if, if you're not, then it doesn't really apply to you. And so there's a kind of like, um, yeah, something that you, you need to have to kind of have it as a day in your calendar. Whereas I was just thinking this is literally the opposite to God's love, just being something that is unconditional. And like the very thing that qualifies us for God's love is God and is the cross. Um, so yeah, on the other hand, I think it's cool that Paul mentions this, like to not forget what we were like when we were called, um, like, I think it's powerful and like healthy and I think needed to remember like the sin we were living in, the lies we were believing and like that daily kind of coming to God and just repenting. Um, and you know, the fact that he's like, I resolved, what verse is that? I resolved to know nothing, um, while I was with you. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's in there. Um, he, I resolved to know nothing with you except Jesus Christ and Christ crucified like nothing else. He's just like, it's all about Jesus, the finishing work on the cross, glorious resurrection. That is, our sins are dealt with. That is it. We were nothing and we're now something and we're more than something. As they were saying, we're beloved daughters, beloved sons. Um, and like from that vantage point, you can kind of praise God and look back and be like, gosh, think of what I was like when I was, when I was called or, you know, when I realized that I needed Jesus and, um, it's crazy. Like there's nothing else in the world where the very thing that you're, you, you want, like qualifies you to have it. Um, I love the verse in one John, this is love, not that we loved him, but that he loved us. Um, and it is just, it is kind of mind boggling if you think about it. Um, I think there's obviously much more you could go into about like boasting and, um, pride and the problem of pride in Corinthian church. But, um, yeah, I think thinking of grace as like, this is um, just something I kind of read and was thinking about of actually thinking of grace as a gift, which is, I think, literally what it translate, translates as. I've just been like, whoa, who am I to, to boast in myself before God when he's the very one who gave us the gift in the first place? And so these Corinthians who have got wealthy and, a, 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 you know, um, prioritizing wisdom by human standards, noble birth, all of these things. Um, it is quite a kind of, for want of a better phrase, kick up the backside. Um, and so I think what I was thinking next was kind of like, okay, what does this lead to? Um, and I think the main thing is like, there's no room for um, what the world puts as like self-reliance, um, like, self-help that's just not really a thing in the in the gospel I and mean, we read about um paul who we kind of know wasn't an amazing um speaker and yet he literally wrote most of the new testament um and you know in verse three of chapter two i came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling my message and my preaching were not with wise words at uh, wise and persuasive words but with a demonstration of the spirit's power um and it's, you know, obviously Paul wasn't Jesus. Um, so he, he sinned and he wasn't perfect, but you know, he was Paul, he was a big dog and he was fearful and trembling and 
it's just like what that you know that's crazy that just it, it kind of makes you feel i don't know if anyone else has this but you're kind of having a nice little god time got some worship music on and you're just like oh jesus please like i'd love some opportunities to i just want to share your love with people oh i would love to and then you get into a situation and you're faced with like you know you could just hear god like okay good go for it you know here's the floor like tell this person how loved they are by me and like talk to them about jesus and you're like what now oh with that person like oh okay maybe i'm hearing wrong you know and actually i think i read this and think um you know god god uses everyone god uses our our words when we fumble them and say the wrong thing and walk away just thinking oh my goodness i think i just you know, said the opposite of what, you know, you know what I mean? He, he can literally use any words that come out of our mouth. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, Paul in being kind of vulnerable, he's saying, actually, you need to have this coming to the end of your rope in yourself in order to, to have this total reliance on God, the kind of on my knees, I, I can't do this. Um, and I mean, you, you could go on for much more about the last little bit, which I love, which is, demonstration of the spirit's power um and just end um i well i think obviously this is this could be external you know healing miracles i think it is absolutely that i think it is also um actually like the powerfulness of god's spirit in transforming our hearts and um like um when you know look looking back at what we were when we were called and thinking gosh, I can't help but see the Holy Spirit marks all over that. Um, and, you know, seeing the Holy Spirit as the Spirit's power, I think um, I was actually praying with my formation this week and we um, all three of us picked the same question, which was about, do I experience the power of the Holy Spirit? And we were just talking about how often you kind of think of the Spirit as a nice, peaceful presence, which it completely is. And that is, you know, um, obviously we all know that that's what it is. But actually, um, we were just really chatting and being challenged about like um, the Holy Spirit as that, but also like a powerful, tangible force of change, um, like evident in the way we live and in, um, yeah, in healing and giving words and like prophesying over people and, um, you know, being brought from death to life, brought out of addictions and, um, you know, mental health problems. And, you know, it's all of those things. Um, and so I, I just think the, this, this quite kind of hefty passage, um, actually, well, the little bit that we've kind of ended, ended on is, um, you know, we've got this external, but also obviously internal force of the Holy Spirit that is um, that is working in us. So when we do prioritize the wrong things, we we can come back to it, come back to Jesus, not it, gosh, um, come back to it, the gospel, and um, and and we can be changed from the inside out. Um, and so, yeah, this kind of we give God our our yes, and Paul, you know, gave himself in his flaws and in his um strengths and and god just uses that and multiplies it um for his glory and for the spreading of his kingdom so that's just kind of what i wanted to um share